From the University of Utah, you're listening to Loco for Local, a KU to radio production where we talk with local artists, venues, and visionaries about the state of music across the Wasatch Front. Today's guest is Think Benjamin, a rapper and entrepreneur fighting for mental health in Utah. On the surface, Think Benjamin might seem like just another emo rapper, but he's so much more than that. Throughout high school, Benjamin struggled against alcohol addiction and came to Salt Lake to find sobriety. Four years later, he's built a name for himself as a mogul of the music scene and an advocate for mental health and sobriety in the holiest city in America. Rapping about drugs and alcohol addiction in a predominantly LDS community has forced Benjamin to stand out, and he's received a lot of negative attention for it, but to many, he's a force of good. Where so few choose to talk, Benjamin stands up. He's featured on KUTV and is coming on Good Morning Utah this month and helped form a nonprofit that brings music therapy to the homeless and individuals struggling with addictions. It's clear his heart is in it, but time and time again, I found myself asking why he's chosen to do it here, where so few choose to talk about addiction and the topic is often pushed to the fringes. Well, as always, I'm sure you'll hear it better from the man himself. From the University of Utah, this is Loco for Loco. Mr. Think Benjamin, thank you so much for being with us today, man. Going on. Happy to be here. Awesome to have you with us in the studio today. Um, you're a bit of a diamond in the Salt Lake City music scene. Uh, you've been making a huge impact lately. Uh, you're a Salt Lake City local, and we just love to see it happening. Let's go ahead and hop right into it. Um, I've been very impressed with your work. One of the first things I noticed about you is that you have a huge focus on mental health. Do you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man. Um, mental health is super important to me. I went through a phase in my life where I uh, I was abusing drugs and alcohol, and I uh, actually moved out here to Salt Lake City, Utah, to get sober. Um, and you know, I've been sober for you know over four years now. And what I realized and what I learned is, you know, there's a lot of people like me, um, especially in this city, um, that deal with the same problems that I deal with. Uh, I have a lot of problems talking to a uh, uh, therapist, but for some reason, when I talk to a microphone, I can tell like my deepest, darkest secrets to it. Right. So I, uh, I created a non inside of a nonprofit. I created a music program for people to, uh, come and you know, play music, talk about their problems with a music therapist on site alongside me. And, uh, you know, give them that opportunity that I had, you know, that the actual founder of fit to recover the nonprofit organization here in Salt Lake city gave to me, he said, dude, you come every week to make music um, and we'll help you get sober. And, you know, at the time it, it was really, really important for me to get sober. I was really, really lost. And um, in those four years, dude, the microphone has given me everything that I've ever dreamed of, essentially. It's been really awesome to see you having such a positive message and really reaching out to help people. You talked a bit about a music program that you started with Fit to Recover and Tony Ollerton. Can you talk to me a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, so uh, Tony and I, you know, we've been we've been on this journey together for three years. Um, so the founder of Fit to Recover, Ian Acker, he's uh, been like the first person that really believed in my music, um, and really gave me the opportunity, like gave me access to his studio for free. Would you know help me pay for my first features with you know major artists. Um, you know, did everything for me, and and when I got to the point where I was able to help other people. Um, we found Tony Ollerton and we said, let's dive into this and let's help as many people that are, you know, dealing with, you know, mental health issues. They don't have to just be alcoholics or drug addicts. They can be people with eating disorders. They could be people that, you know, have bad anxiety, depression, whatever it is. Right. 
we want to give them the opportunity to process the way they feel through music. Uh, we're, you know, I, I work alongside Tony Ullerton, who's a multi-decade music therapist who, uh, you know, has been dedicating her whole entire life to helping people process through music and the, the impact that it has in a, a community like this, where people who deal with mental health issues, drug addiction, alcoholism, for them to process through music is unbelievable the steps that we see you know taken you know so many people stay sober for so much longer um because they're coming to music group they have a reason you know they have a, a mission every wednesday they gotta be at music group just hang out with think benjamin hang out with tony hang out with the gang you know um make good music and process whatever they're going through so it's it's been it's been beautiful man it's incredible. I mean, you've had features on KTVN, KUTV. You're going to be on Good Morning Utah in November. Uh, clearly, what you're doing is having a huge impact, and it's really cool to see. Um, one of the things I'm very impressed with is you're very open about your history of issues with drugs and alcohol, which I think, especially in Salt Lake City and Utah in general, is a very taboo topic. Um, we have really incredible programs here for helping people to get sober. Um, and unfortunately it's an issue that a lot, a lot of people deal with here. And I think that it's something that people don't want to talk about because it's a very taboo topic. What's it been like in your experience being so open about something like drugs and alcohol in such a quote unquote, holy city? Yeah. I mean, you know how, how I've had to deal with it is surrounding myself around the right people. You know what I mean? No matter what you do in life, you're going to get judgment, especially if you're, you know, doing something like making music and sharing those problems with the world that, you know, that you go through. Um, it's been, it's been actually rather accepting, you know, um, because I don't, I don't look at my problems as a problem. You know, I don't look at my alcoholism or my drug addiction as like a curse any longer. You know, I used to for a long time. I used to think, man, I can't believe this happened to me. And in reality, it happened for me because the best music I've ever made in my entire life has been when I have sobriety, when I'm actually sober. And I used to think that like, oh, dude, I'm not going to be able to be able to ever make a, a hit ever again because I'm not going to be drinking or I'm not going to be high. Um, so in terms of like how it is in this city, dude, I mean, I have... I have so many people that reach out to me. There's so many Mormons <laughs> that will reach out to me that are like, hey man, like I, I deal with drug addiction. I deal with alcoholism. I deal with mental health, body image issues. Um, how did you get through it? And my, my one answer every time is I surrounded myself around the right people. You know, come into my circle, come to Fit to Recover, come be around us. You know, these like-minded people and, you know, that, that energy has expanded out into the news stations, you know, uh, radio stations, um, you know, other parts of the country now, um, because it's, it's all about who you surround yourself with. You know, if I took the judgments of what anyone thought of me, because I have tattoos all over my body, uh, you know, I would, I would feel pretty bad about myself, but I love my tattoos. I love my problems. I love the stuff that I went through. So, uh, I'm, I'm very outspoken about it. It's great to hear that. And I, I like how you said you're proud of what you've been through. Um, were you making music before you had these issues with drugs and alcohol? 100%, man. I've been making music since I was like 13. What's the process been like as you've had to deal with these things and now coming out of it and coming into sobriety? How has your process changed? Oh, it's beautiful. Um, I used to just lock myself in, in my, uh, my bedroom, you know what I mean, for days and just do, do drugs, drink and uh, try and make as much music as I possibly can. Now I have such a different relationship with it, right? I, uh, 
it's like almost like uh, I'm excited and it's not like I have to go through something. I don't have to put my body through something to make something beautiful any longer. Um, and that's what I felt like I had to do before I got sober. You know, I had to go put myself into a, a weird headspace or dark headspace or sad or depressed. I can tap into my feelings. I'm so much more aware of my feelings now um, that I am sober. Um, and I've been sober for so long that, you know, if I, I could be feeling very like, you know, healthy and happy, but I can tap into, you know, a past relationship now and and make a song about it and, you know, write it and then go to the studio and record it and then walk out of that studio and be like, wow, that's a great piece of art instead of like, wow, I'm in a really sad headspace now. Um, which I think is mad interesting um, because prior to that, I could never do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Where would you say you draw your biggest influences from when writing music now? Relationships, man. Um, a lot of my, a lot of my uh, relationships have shaped me. Uh, I uh, had an ex-girlfriend that pretty much is like my angel. She's the one that, you know, uh, essentially sent me to treatment. Uh, without, without that person in my life, I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, so a lot of my music comes from like my romantic relationships. Um, also comes with my relationship with myself. Um, the, the latest song I released XOXOXO, it's like about a girl, but it's also about me. The chorus is like, you're a fuck up baby. And you try to drive me crazy. Like, you know, to the outside world, like, oh, he's talking about his ex-girlfriend, but like, I'm also talking about me. Like that part of me that was like taking me down, you know, bringing the, 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 the darkness into my life. Um, like you try to drive me crazy, but nowadays I'm going to pull up in the AMG Mercedes. Like I'm not, I'm not playing that same game anymore. Um, so it, it's definitely a relationship, you know, my romantic relationships, but it's also like the relationship I have with myself. It's awesome to hear it. You, I can tell you're very introspective and you've put a lot of thought into this work. Um, you came out to Salt Lake City for your sobriety and you decided to stay. Why is that? Um, <laughs> for uh, the studio, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have, I have studio time, you know, at, at fit to recover where I can go for 10 hours at a time. Like I used to spend like an entire weekend up there in the studio um, and I wouldn't leave, you know what I mean? I'd door dash and sleep on the couch and, and then just get right back to making music. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't charged, you know what I mean? If I, if, if I was just going to a normal studio, like I'd be spending, I, I probably would have spent $50,000 this year, uh, for how much, you know, time I spend in a studio. And now I have other studios that have adopted me as like, you know, one of their artists and I can tap into them and, you know, they don't charge me either, but that's because of the, the relationships I've created. So it's definitely, for lack of better words, the the relationships I've created here in the city have wanted me to stay. Absolutely. In my own experience as a musician, I've really come to enjoy the Salt Lake City music scene because it seems like most everyone really wants to do something. They really want to build. They really want to connect with each other. Um, you've obviously built some great connections at Fit to Recover. Has that been your experience in general in Salt Lake? Have people been mostly accepting or have you faced any kind of difficulty in connecting with people? There's been like zero difficulty. Everybody here in the music space, everybody just wants to collaborate. They want to win. They want to make it happen, right? 
Um, and that's what I like, that's the energy that I have. Right. So when I meet somebody here in the city that is like that, it's like, we'll go on like a run together and we'll make, you know, 30, 40 tracks. Like I I work with a lot of producers here in the city. I I definitely outsource from different States and whatnot, but you know, I have three or four really, really great producers that I work with, you know, on a consistent basis. And it's been that way for like three or four years since I got sober. Um, as soon as I started tapping in and starting to make a little bit of noise in the city, I, uh, Tons of people have hit me up. You know what I mean? Hey, come through. Let's collaborate. Uh, come through this studio. Let's write. Let's let's build something. You know, let's shoot a music video. Um, let's let's get you on TV. You know, whatever it is. Um, you know, everybody is always just so forward with like, let's help each other. What I am seeing though, now that we can go back outside and we can throw concerts and and you know connect that way. All of my friends have been just like throwing concerts. The dudes down at Feist, my boy Iden Gene and Dirty Mike, like they're consistently throwing house party concerts. They're, you know, always trying to do something, um, which is rad. You know, like I'm so glad that we're back outside because, you know, that's what we need. You know, at the end of the day, like for artists, like we want, we work so hard on our craft. We want to perform it, we want to showcase it, we want to highlight it. Um, and all my friends were doing that right now. Yeah. I've been so happy to see that people have been able to get back out there to really start meeting each other and just throwing stuff down in the near future. What are your plans? What's going on? Are you, is there any new music that you're working on or any shows coming up? What are you most excited for coming, coming up? Yeah, man, we're, uh, we're, we're releasing music for the next like six months, month over month. So, uh, I think, and then I'm going to release a song while I'm home in North Carolina. Um, like during that Thanksgiving time, that Friday. Um, so I have two new releases coming out. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get signed, you know, getting a, getting a, get a full signature, not just a distribution deal right now. I have a distribution deal with, uh, Warner music and one RPM. And I'm trying to, uh, this, my, uh, my serious full-time career. Well, man, going forward, it's awesome to hear that you got new stuff coming out. You're going to be doing a bunch of shows. If you could say anything to the people listening, what do you think you would say? Look, if you're struggling, hit me up, you know, DM me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, wherever, wherever you can, you know, message me, think Benjamin underscore. I promise if you're struggling with alcoholism, if you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with mental health, I have so many connections in this city to so many different programs. Please, please, please hit me up. I've lost so many friends to this shit. So many of my best friends have passed away because of this shit. All I care about is helping you guys. I don't want anything from you. I can just help you guys get safe. That's all I care about. And listen to my music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank Benjamin. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome talking with you. You too, brother. From the University of Utah, you've been listening to Loco for Local. If you're struggling with addiction and think Fit to Recover could be good for you, check this episode's description for a link to their websites and also for some of Think Benjamin's music. I'm Luke Davies. Thanks for listening.